I just get really discouraged and I don't want to live in that sort of mindset, you know, moving forward. I want to find the good in it. I want to find the positive. I want to find the lessons that the Lord is trying to teach me. Hey y'all, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. I'm Elizabeth Ann. And I'm Michael. Today, we are going to be talking about setting goals as a couple and why it's important. I'm so pumped. It's like one of my favorite things. Happy New Year's! Yeah, happy 2020, (laughs) everybody. This is the first episode of the new year. Yes. And it's hard to believe we're in 2020. I thought we'd have flying cars and hoverboards and stuff, but regular cars. Plain old regular cars. Yeah. But (laughs) it's here anyway, and uh, it has flown by the past year. So we wanted to take a little bit of time and just talk about setting goals as a couple. And uh, looking forward to (laughs) good times in the future. Yes. And telling you why it's important. We were thinking about this. Last night, we set out to write some business goals for our podcast and um, Elizabeth's Etsy shop and then my drone business. Um, And we were thinking about how it'd be cool to take that same principle of writing kind of business goals, but also like switching that over to marriage goals. And it'd be fun to talk about and kind of share some of our things we're going to be working on in 2020. So you get a little peek behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. And honestly, we haven't formally had a sit down and said, this is our goals for our marriage for this year. But we have done before, like, okay, I noticed this pattern in our marriage. We need to either stop this habit or develop a new one. And so it's kind of come informally throughout the years. But I'm excited that we are dedicating the the start of a year, a new year to talk about how we want to grow our marriage in the year 2020 instead of just waiting for a random opportunity to arise. I think it's better to have a game plan than to have a, um, a like a, like a cleanup crew kind of, you know, like, yeah. so it's, it's always better to plan ahead of time, but I'm excited about it. Everybody does new year's resolution. Not everybody. I'd say about 50% of people do them. But they're really popular to talk about and share on social media and stuff. But I've noticed that it's always like a self goal. Like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this year, or I'm going to go to the gym more often. How I'm going to be happier this year. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty vague. Have fun with that. I think you need a little more of a blueprint or at least some focus there. Yes. But. Instead of doing just strictly like self, self-centered self sounds like the wrong word, but self-focused yeah. yes. resolutions, it's a good idea to also do the same thing for your marriage. Elizabeth has a really fun, fun slash funny resolution plan that she does every year. You think it's funny, but I love it. Yeah. I make resolutions every year. I have for years. And because I'm a goal person, I like to check things off a list. I'm very type A. I need... I need to have those things because I feel like I am working towards accomplishing things and I feel like there is like concrete purpose. And that's not to say that my family isn't concrete purpose, but it's like 
being more present with my children. Like I need to write it down so I have accountability. If it's some idea that I'm like, oh, I just want to be better at being there for my kids. Like I need to have a game plan. What does that look like? I just, I personally have to break it down. So I have a very good friend um, who makes resolutions every year as well. And they are always the same number of resolutions as her age. So this year, I will make 33 resolutions and they're all small. They're not super lofty, like my word of the year is content or something like, which is great. Like there are areas in my life where I need to be content, but I need to have a game plan. I can't just throw a word up on the wall and then hope everything falls into place because hope is not a game plan. It's not the way that you actually achieve something. Because if I'm relying on hope and I don't actually have a game plan, I'm just going to be lost. So I make 33 resolutions. Like I remember one year, this is how small they are. Wear red lipstick more. That was it. Just wear it more. And I wear it more because of that. And I really like it. Where do you keep this list? Because it'd be tempting to make it and have fun making it. And then stick it in a drawer or never open your phone, note or whatever. Do you keep it somewhere where you refer to it? Like mm-hmm. July, how am I doing? Yes. It's oh. in a notebook Okay, that I refer to. I know I've seen it at some point, but I have not seen it recently. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. So it's really fun and it takes me um, takes me a couple of weeks. I don't rush it. I don't like to just throw things up there that I'm like, why did I make that goal? That's silly. Yeah. So It's at least done by September. Yeah, yeah, no, it's <laughs> definitely done, done by January. I'm I usually have it done at the end of the previous year. Good. How did you do? Have you gone over that for 2019 yet? No, I haven't actually. Oh, okay. We've been a little behind. That'd be fun. Just life. Yeah. So. By the way, you you let everyone know your age just now. Yes, I know that. <laughs> I'll edit that out or something. No. I make boop resolutions every year. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I am 33. And I say I've accomplished a lot. You're like a fine wine, baby. Mm-hmm. Do you normally make uh, resolutions no. each year? So this is new for you. I don't. Yeah, but I have made goals. So to me, goals and resolutions is kind of synonymous with each other. I actually wrote it in, in our kind of notes for tonight. I just used a slash several times. But um, it's not really my natural wiring to do that, to like sit down and write it down. But I'm, I'm aware of how helpful they can be to have actually something to refer to. And like I've, especially with um, my drone stuff, I've really benefited from having a separate to-do list. Like I have a different app for the to-do list that I go through every time I sit down. And that's been huge because it gets aimless pretty fast with some big ticket multi-stage items or even like taking it non-business for a second. It's like running a house is hard. You know, like it's really hard. There's a million steps to it. If you don't have little breakdowns of like finish the laundry, um, make sure the air filter is cleaned every month, stuff like that. I It gets lost in the mix. So I'm kind of learning the benefits of goals and resolutions so maybe i will start doing that but i'm not doing yeah 
as many as you do. No, thank no, you. No. And and goals and res- resolutions for your mar- marriage is really great. And like we, we're going to talk about our goals and resolutions for our marriage. But I want to also be clear that these are these are like um, goals. I see goals and resolutions as like my responsibility for like better refinement. And what I mean by that is as a Christian, I I do have a responsibility for me to sit there and pray for change and pray for change and then never actually do something like be in the word more and seek um, wise counsel and things like that. Prayer is powerful, but that change will only go so far. You know, it's kind of like, I want to run a marathon, but if you never actually go out and start running, you're not going to run a marathon. So there is a due diligence on our part to cultivate a stellar marriage. If we pray for a stellar marriage and we never put the iPhone down when we get into bed, our physical intimacy is going to take a hit and that is going to manifest in so many different ways. So these goals and resolutions are kind of our due diligence as a couple to help cultivate a stellar marriage. And there also is a part where the Holy Spirit has to come in and transform us individually. And we talk about that and we share about that and we connect on that level as a married couple. So there is a two-part facet with that. And it's not all what can I do to sustain change because I will always let myself down and that's just a silly way to look at it mm-hmm. versus when is God going to change me? You know, like that to me is a an arrogant heart issue, you know. Well, it's his responsibility. No, he 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 will do what he is going to do. But I also have to take responsibility for my actions because I will be held responsible one day. So it it's a it's a leaning into the word and into the Lord to help equip me to equip us to walk through that change together for a better marriage. So they have to come hand in hand. So I just wanted to be clear about that because I think with all this talk about resolutions and goals, goals, it's like, I'm going to be happier and I'm going to be fulfilled. And I, 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 and while those are nice goals, I will always fail myself. I will never be able to fulfill those goals by myself ever. So I have to lean into the word and lean into the Lord to help, um, to really help sustain me in our marriage. And Michael has to do the same thing. So I just wanted to be clear about goals and resolutions. And also just a little, little side note, if you're on Instagram, you'll see this a lot, or you have seen it a lot. There's a lot of, I don't know if you've noticed this, Michael, but there's a lot of blame on like uh, 2019, you were the worst year ever. It's like, it's not the year. It's things that happened to you or choices that you made. You know, it's like, it's like shoving responsibility onto something that didn't do anything. Well, and then not to be Debbie Downer, but 2020 is going to be filled with all kinds of stuff that are disappointing and frightening and sad and good and enlightening and something to be cherished so yes yeah every shoot every day has that stuff yes so it's it's like this like weird lens on like the year was responsible for being stinky or cruddy or whatever it's like 
the year had no responsibility whatsoever. It's just the things that happened to you. So you can either look at those things as negative and say, well, they really stunk and I wasn't better for them. Or like we had some things happen for us and it was like, we either need to look at these and be grateful that we walked through this trial because we leaned into each other and they it made us grow closer to each other. Or we can blame the event and just shove all responsibility to the side. You know, it's, I don't know. It's just like a little thing that I noticed where I'm, I'm starting to get like. I've heard that. I haven't seen it on Instagram, but I've, I've heard that. Um, for us, we had several major things in this old 50 plus year house break. Lots and lots of cash had to get poured into this kind of uh, unplanned. But at the same time, we had our third kid. And he's an absolute joy. And the other two are as well. So every year comes with its ups and downs. We also got Georgia this year. Oh, we did. Yeah, she was a January edition. Yes. So we've had her for for almost a year. In a few days, it'll be a year. But so my point is like there are some things that happen that kind of feel like freak accidents. And, you know, not to say that like you caused those things, but it was something that you may have walked through. And I just want to encourage you to find the positive in it and see how it made you grow and bettered you, even though like, absolutely, whatever it was, totally stunk. And it was not fun to go through. Let's validate that for sure. Because it was really hard when we had to deal with um, a lot of things that we were having to pour money into for this house or whatever, whatever else it was that we had to walk through this year. But if I get lost in like, woe is me, I had to do that. I really didn't want to walk through that. I just get really discouraged and I don't want to live in that sort of mindset, you know, moving forward. I want to find the good in it. I want to find the positive. I want to find the lessons that the Lord is trying to teach me. I'm with you there. Before we get into our goals as a couple for 2020, we do want to say another reason why it's important to have goals aside from um, trying to build a stellar marriage, a godly marriage, is that it puts us on the same page. So we've talked so many times before about how marriage is really difficult and you're going to walk through trials and tribulations, but it's even harder when you're not on the same page as your spouse. When there is that much friction with the person that you are supposed to be closest with and most in sync with, it makes it very, very, very difficult. So for us, when we are on the same page and working towards a common goal, we are stronger together. It's like there's more power in numbers. It's absolutely true for marriage. Like we are able to keep each other accountable, love each other well, achieve that goal quicker when we are working together and we're on the same goal, um, you know, because if I have certain goals for our marriage and then Michael has some different, we are totally going to approach things differently. We're going to speak to each other differently. We're going to um, love and discipline our children differently. I mean, everything will be different and it'll have to be one conversation after another every single day about, well, why can't you do it this way? Why can't you do it that way? It's just better to be on the same page. Yeah, think about it like something at work, uh, whether it be a project with a deadline. If you don't sit down and have that first meeting of like, 
hey, you know, by December 4th, we've got to have that proposal in. It's going to take this, 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 and this. For those of you guys who have been in that world, it doesn't happen without a, some sort of a sit-down discussion like that. And if you don't have a job in that way, um, I'm sure you did a group project at school at some <laughs> oh, point. Oh, my goodness, yes. Whether you did all the work yourself or, um, or split it up pretty well. And trust me, you don't want to have a marriage where you're the one doing all the work. It's mm -mm. not going to be so good. No. Yeah. So it just it just sets the bar, you know, where it should be and kind of gets everybody singing the same tune, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. I'm trying not to say the same page uh, over and over again. <laughs> singing the same tune, baby. Our goals. All right. So we wanted Our to share. This is kind of the, the fun part for us, too. Um we haven't really talked about this before, kind of planning for the episode tonight. And so you guys are going to hear a live version of this conversation you might be having in the next seven days. Hint towards the challenge later. <laughs> so our goals for the year 2020. First one, we've already been doing pretty well with this, but we're just going to stick to it and not waver, is date night every Wednesday night. Yes. So we've mentioned it in the past. We have small group. Our community group meets on Wednesday nights. We are done by 8.30, usually heading home by 9. And we put the kids to bed pretty quick. They're usually bathed ahead of time. And then it's all just Elizabeth and Michael. That's it. Mm -hmm. So puzzles, games, movies, TV, just hanging out. So, Uninterrupted, like no work, you know, kids are asleep, no laundry dishes, like nothing, just us time. Yeah. And it, I honestly think it has been a massive, um, just, um, what is the word? Like it has really helped us grow closer together tremendously. Like I think before that we were really struggling to be like, oh, we'll have together time on this day and then something would come up. Oh, we'll have together time on this day and something would come up. It's like we don't let anything come in between us and that date night. Like, of course, if a kid needs us, absolutely we tend to them. But it No, not even the kid. <laughs> no. It is it is us. Like no no work. I mean nothing. Seriously. It is like specific date night bonding, whatever it might be you know, for us. And it, I feel like it's really brought us closer together, which is been oh, without a amazing. Doubt. Without a doubt. It's been awesome. I look forward to it. Quite Me a bit. too. And the next one is pray together more. Um, this is something that we haven't really been dedicated towards doing, um, like on a regular basis. It's just like, Oh, Hey, let's pray together tonight. I think we had a season where we did it pretty regularly. And then we stopped and I think it just life happened, but I've, I've, yeah, I have like praying comes so, uh, like stop and go for me. I'm not good at I, it either. Yeah. It's like, I, I know that it's great. I know that it is, it is biblical. It is There's power in it. It's for awesome. Sure. It is awesome. And I've had lots and lots of times where I felt the awesomeness of prayer, but I just have a really hard time sticking to doing it more yeah. more often yeah. so yeah i'll go through seasons where i'm great and then go f weeks without even thinking about it um which is insane but yeah and i think for me too i like i for the longest time i was like oh it has to be this like dedicated like like holy time like not that saying that 
speaking with God isn't holy, but like the conditions have to be right and like nobody can bother me. Whereas like now I kind of think of it, I'm trying to be better at it being like an ongoing conversation with him as opposed to stop and pray. Like it can infiltrate its way into all the things that I'm doing during the day. Oh, yeah. It's really hard whenever I pray when I'm driving, as soon as I close my eyes and bow my head, (laughs) people get crazy around me. Honking and yelling. It's not good. Yeah. And so you guys will notice so far, uh, date night every Wednesday night is pretty specific, um, very kind of objective. Like we did that. Yeah. But praying together more is a little more vague. Like, just do more. So these yeah. don't—you don't have to like kill yourself with specific criteria. Of I'm a physical therapist, and we have like A, B, C, D rules where you have to really specify parts of the goal. You don't have to do that for all this. So just, just kind of have some ideas of where you want to head towards. So our third one is working together on businesses. We like we've mentioned a million times. We're both running some online stuff and Elizabeth has some really awesome skills in photo editing and video and online marketing and social media. And she's been super helpful to me to kind of get my stuff uh, off the ground. And it's been great having her to, to guide me on that type of stuff. And I feel at first, I'll be honest, I have a hard time taking advice sometimes, <laughs> especially from this lady right here across the mic. And uh, that was difficult because I wasn't, I won't say difficult, but it was just, it was challenging. Mm. I think that's the same word. What am I, who am I kidding? It was kind of difficult at first to take business advice, not business advice, but like any, any specific advice <laughs> to like, to have, you know, so much more than me at all these things was kind of a challenge at first, but it's like, I have this resource here who's wanting to help me and can really help me boost things to sit here and be a jerk about it and not take that advice would just be so dumb. Yeah. We had a lot of arguments. Yeah, we did. A lot of arguments. Good thing we don't do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. We're argument free. Yeah. Since 93. No, just kidding. (laughs) It is right. It reminds me of when you were a group exercise teacher and you asked me to go take your class. Uh, and I did. How many times did I do that? Only like once three or twice. Ti- three times. And I was like, I hate everything about this. Because <laughs> when I go work out, I want to. I don't even go when I don't go in with the plan, which is. You would not believe that as a physical therapist that I would go in without a plan, but I just don't. And I like to do whatever I want to do next. I, I don't have a plan. I just go. And so when I go into this exercise class. And Elizabeth is in there telling me what to do for an <laughs> hour. He's like, I'm married to this woman. That's already my reality. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not telling you what no, to do I'm kidding. all the time. I'm kidding. But it was just like, I don't really like this too much. Because <laughs> you couldn't do what you wanted to do. All right. I was like, I kind of want to go. <laughs> but I promised to be here the whole hour. Yes. Uh, anyways. Yeah, so that's what it reminds me of. Our next goal is have regular family devotional times. We have been decently good about um, reading our kids Bible stories and talking to them about the gospel and things like that, which is really, really important to us. But I think 
just like anything else, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have something keeping you accountable, it's just going to slip by and it's not going to happen. So having a regular family devotional time is going to be just, I think, a game changer for us. And we decided that I think a couple times a week, we're going to do it at dinner time because we're all at the table, we're sharing a meal, and we can just talk about, you know, things in life or read them a Bible story and things like that. So yeah, that's our next one. Yeah, I'm looking really forward to that one. And our second to last one is more intentional conversations. I think with the distraction of like just amazing television that's out now, there's so many options and uh, social media and movies and everything. It just, it can get, um, it can get really forgotten just like sitting and having intentional conversations. Yeah. So we did the seven silent killers to uh, intimacy mm. And it can also, a lot of those things can be seven silent killers to just closeness with your kids too. Like Mm, if you're doing something else, you're not growing close to them. And I say that as a 100% guilty party. So just, I'm speaking it out there. I need to be better about that. And our last and final goal for 2020 slash resolution is for us to learn Spanish. So I love Spanish. I took three years of it in high school and I think it's awesome and super helpful. And Charlotte, our oldest, has been really interested in learning um, recently. So we've been going through the Duolingo app, and she has a good time playing around with it. But we're going to want to take it to the next level this year and even doing like sit-down family lessons. Yes. So if anybody, if you're hearing this and you know of any awesome things like videos or services um, we already know about Duolingo. It's fantastic. If there's anything else you've used that has helped you learn Spanish, um, we are all ears and we yes. want to hang out and or we want to check that out. Yes. Let us know because, um, yeah, we would just, that's a goal of ours and we'll leave uh, links in the show notes of how to get in touch with us. But we have some very, very dear friends who um, they all speak Spanish and a couple members of their family um, prefer Spanish and they understand English, but they prefer to speak Spanish and we just love them dearly and we want to be closer with them and living in Florida. It's also just a good idea. (laughs) So, um, we're very excited about that. And next up is our challenge. Yeah. So our challenge for this episode, by the time the next episode airs on Monday, please sit down with your spouse and talk about your goals for your marriage. So you can use our stuff as a template or just kind of go rogue and do something totally different, but just sit down and figure out, it, it can be three or three to five things. It doesn't have to be seven or 33. No, it could be one thing. Like God, seriously. God forbid if you're a 65 year old couple, you got to come up with 65 resolutions. Oh, no, no, don't do just that. Kidding. Don't do that. Um, but like if in your marriage, if you feel like you're just not communicating with your spouse, Maybe and you're watching a ton of TV. Maybe it's like limit TV to four nights a week because it really it's hard to cut cold turkey. So you start with four and then those other nights you're talking with your spouse and then you make an action plan that you're cutting it down, cutting it down um, because talking with your spouse, you can't replace it. You've got to talk with your spouse. So 
we really want to encourage you in the next seven days to um, come up with those goals. You know, like Michael said, it could be three, it could be five, it could be 20, whatever it is that works for you. But really think about them. And once you get them down, talk about how you're going to accomplish them. Um, I think that that's also very, very important as well as actually making the goals. With that said, you are amazing. We thank you so much for listening. Seriously, we, over the holiday break, we hit a thousand listens and I may or may not have cried when I saw that number. So that was really special. Really amazing. And we just, we, it, we really cherish every single person that listens. We may not know your name, but we know that you're there listening. So thank you for doing that. We don't know your name, but we feel your heart. <laughs> Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We will leave um, links in the show notes. Please subscribe to the podcast. And we would love it if you would leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Um, it's a great way to kind of bump the marriage talks, the podcast up in the rankings. And also, if you're loving the podcast, we would really, really love it if you would share it with your friends. Let them know we're out there. That really is the best way for people to find us. So you're awesome. And thank you for sticking around. Yeah, we look forward to talking to you guys again. <laughs>